Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, those with a giving spirit and a desire to build up civil society find ways to be helpful. And that's when it's good to have a charitable resource ready to deploy when they're needed most. Donors Trust offers donor-advised funds or giving accounts. You can use these funds as your own charitable investment account and manage your charitable giving in a way that's smart, tax-advantaged, aligned with your values, and private. Donors Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account to simultaneously support think tanks and liberty-minded organizations that believe our constitutional rights shouldn't get lost in a time of emergency. Now is the time to take a closer look at Donors Trust and join their community of liberty-minded donors by opening a donor-advised fund. Go to DonorsTrust.org slash JustNews for the ultimate survival guide to charitable giving and learn how a donor advised fund can preserve your ability to give to the charities you love. That's DonorsTrust.org slash Just News. Hello, ladies. Hello, gentlemen. This is the Victor Davis Hanson Show, the classicist we are recording on Friday, uh, January 14th. You doing all right there, Victor? I am. I'm doing very well. All right. Victor is the Martin and Ely Anderson Senior Fellow at the Hoover Institution, the Wayne and Marsha Buskey Distinguished Fellow in History at Hillsdale College. You will find a plethora of original material that Victor writes exclusively for victorhanson.com. It's called Ultra. That's how that exclusive content is branded. The only way you can read it is by subscribing. Five bucks a month, 50 bucks a year. It's a treasure trove, folks. Don't... uh, don't ignore it. Some great stuff you've written, by the way, Victor, on contract, political contract with America, your view on the midterms, tremendous stuff. But we're not going to be talking about that today. We already talked about that on the traditionalist, which we recorded earlier. We're going to be talking about Anthony Fauci, the Supreme Court, COVID, and another bad week for Joe Biden, right after this important message. Can't pay the IRS? Haven't filed in a while? Receiving threatening letters? Yeah, it's about to get worse. The IRS is hiring an army of agents targeting hardworking Americans like you. You need warriors on your side. You need Tax Network USA. Tax Network USA has brilliant strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. For instance, They've discovered a limited-time special offer that the IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Never call the IRS alone. Let Tax Network USA attorneys handle it. They have preferred direct lines to the IRS. They know which agents to work with and which to avoid. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts and offer a best-in-class guarantee. Schedule your free consultation now. Call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit TNUSA.com slash Victor. TNUSA.com slash Victor. We're back with the Victor Davis Hanson Show, the classicist. Victor, you know, the notes I sent you, uh, earlier, there's about four kind of COVID-y topics. One has to do with the prioritizing of non-whites for COVID treatment in certain states. That's number four. Then we have the CDC rules 
where we have government officials saying, uh, we're all going to get it, which leads you to react like, well, if we're all going to get it, then why are we going through all this mask and other these theatrics? That's number three. But I think tied for first are the Supreme Court decision that struck down, partially struck down Biden administration mandates with OSHA, I would say companies over 100 employees have to have their employees get the vaccine or they will be penalized. And then tied with that is our old friend, Anthony Fauci, who was up on the Senate hearings and clashed again with Rand Paul. So there's a big bag of COVID here. Let's start with the Supreme Court rulings. What did you think of them, Victor? Well, as I understand them, they didn't throw down, uh, reject all the mandates, the OSHA they did. But the mandates are not sustainable. I use that word a lot, but they're just not sustainable for a variety of reasons. One, you can't have soldiers that take the public uh, sector and federal workers that have to get a vaccination, even those who have antibodies, uh, they have to get a vaccination. Then you're going to let in 2 million people and you say, you know what? We wouldn't dare ask you to get a vaccination or even a test. That's not equal protection under the law. And more importantly, even then is, then you can't tell people for two years that 96% of COVID people who have been vaccinated will not get COVID. And then suddenly turn around and say, there's a few breakthrough cases with Delta, then suddenly turn around and say, oh my God, you need a booster and then get a booster. And then after you got a booster, you say, you know what? We are redefining vaccinations. And I'm, I, and I'm a person who got two, as I said, we're redefining vaccinations as it stops you from being infectious and it stops you from being seriously ill. Excuse me, it stops you from being seriously ill, but not infectious or infected. So what I'm getting at is he's always changing the definition of mass, you know, one mass, two mass, herd immunity, 60, 70, 80%. We've talked about this before, but he's got no credibility. And then when he goes under oath in front of the Congress, the Senate, and he says outrageous things when you have his emails, when people are warning him that these this is sort of gain-of-function research, and then Peter Daszak is running some international team of auditors to show that a bat or a pangolin was the source, and it's so bankrupt that the Chinese won't even go along with this ruse because they're worried about it. And now we hear, we get these, as you referenced, these emails were basically a lot of uh, famous virologists and epidemiologists are corresponding with Collins to the extent that they have some serious reservations about a natural origin since they've never found one animal prior to a human case that had it. And then there's some greater talk and then they sort of capitulate and then you learn that millions of dollars is funneled is it seven billion dollars and so what i'm getting at jack is that for 40 years this guy has had hundreds of millions if not billions of dollars at his disposal and he's picked and choose research avenues not always it seems to me on this the merit of the proposal but the degree to which they magnify it and that was pretty evident in the emails. 
And then he got really nasty. I mean, senators are supposed to be nasty. But the idea of a public health official is they're going to go there and try to be dispassionate. And all he does is start, you know, making fun of back and forth. And it really is demeaning. And he's got to go. He's 80 years old. And, uh, but, he's, but he's not, he's not doddering 80. He's, he's no, no, he's, he's a not nasty 80. 80. No, I, I, I meant 80 in the sense of 40 years at that place. And he's, he's not had a career outside of the government. And there's a lot of young, uh, epidemiologists and virologists and allergists and all sorts of people in the private sector that go in and out of universities and research teams and pharmaceutical companies back and forth, and they have fresh experiences. And we got to find a personality that doesn't play kingmaker or, you know, the godfather. And then running, when Trump is there, he runs to Fox. And when Trump is waning, he runs over to CNN. And he's a partisan, and he can't get the story straight, and he makes fun of people. You know, if you think about it, let's all be dispassionate and take a deep breath. And just say, let's, we're getting up to two years. And what if we just say, what if? What if our medical community had said, we're going to have two avenues? One is going to be fast tracking along with vaccines, vaccines, pharmaceuticals. So instead of just having the Moderna and the Pfizer last November and December, over a year ago, what if we had this new Merck pill as well? And what if we were establishing monoclonal antibodies at a rate that we could get them easily now? And what if we had easy test kits that were reliable that we wouldn't be waiting in line right now? And what if we had a whole nother track where people were discovering what level an antibody test is correlated to immunity so that people who had COVID and had deep reservations, religious or health-wise, about getting vaccinated, could just take a simple test at home, and it would say you have 500. No, you have 27. I know there's B cells. I know there's T cells. But what if that gave you a rough idea of your immunity? And let's get some exaggerated level, 2,000 or something, and then you would be able to go to a restaurant if that's what you wanted with a mandate. We didn't do any of that. We didn't do any of that. And then what if we had a third avenue and said, we're going to get the health community, the natural health community, the chiropractic community, the alternate medicine, and all of you other mavericks out there. Not that we condone what you're doing, but go to it. Find us data about off-level supplements, vitamins, drugs. We know that although the left discounted Pepsi, that there were studies that suggested that it might have some utility. The same was true of quercetin. The same was true of a lot of flavonoids. So why not let these people go out and see if they can come up with a protocol? There was even evidence that singular monoleucos would, would help alleviate some of their respiratory challenges. But we didn't do any of that. We just demonized and said, you're a kook, you're a nut. And then we just changed the definition of herd immunity and vaccination of efficacy. So it, it, we could have done it a different way. What if we didn't what if we didn't glorify Andrew Cuomo on the basis that he's opposed Trump all the time? So when Trump sent him a hospital ship or a instant hospital at the job, instead of not using it or making fun of Trump and saying that you didn't give me enough ventilators, and what if what if he had have just tried to be 
constructive? What if instead of afraid to look bad and sending all these infected patients into these pristine long long uh, term facilities that killed over 10,000? What if he hadn't done that? What if we had an honest person at the CDC who just said, you know, we got to come up with a definition of what is a COVID lethality. We really do. How many comorbidities do you have to have before you are died, you know, with COVID instead of because of COVID? Why all of a sudden now when Biden's floundering and his presidency has exploded, why all of a sudden is the CDC saying, well, we found out that most people who died died with four comorbidities. What if you'd said that a year ago, two years ago, you'd be in big trouble. So this thing, Jack, has been weaponized from the Wuhan laboratory farce, uh, where you couldn't mention it, and you had to go look for a mysterious non-existent pangolin dying somewhere of COVID or a bat, you know, with a strep th- uh, sore throat from COVID that didn't exist. Uh, from the WHO's politicalization to the propaganda against the travel ban to the delayed announcement. If you remember Pfizer, who said they were going to announce in October 2020 that there was a breakthrough, and then suddenly they withheld that announcement only to, what, seven days after the election, say, oh, by the way, we did have an Operation War success. Here it is. To Joe Biden saying, you know, nobody's been vaxxed until I was present. (laughs) I guess he didn't remember that he had, but that's understandable. And then to, oh, there won't be any COVID by July, meaning translation. I'm going to take the Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson, Johnson, claim them as in my own. You won't remember that I talked them down, as did Kamala, when they were not politically useful to us. But now they are, so they're ours. And we're done with COVID. I'm going to take credit on my my uh, popularity is 55 percent based on covid is waning and somebody should have tapped him in the shoulder and said there's a god called nemesis and you're hubristic because there's such a thing called a mutant and a variant and there you have a rendezvous with you but that's where we are it was it's very depressing to, to go through all that yeah victor not to increase the depression but one of the items i had mentioned earlier what the news accounts of uh, prioritizing for non-whites covid treatment for non-whites in utah of all places and minnesota and i'd seen something well actually in new york that had come up any th- thoughts you'd like to share on that yeah i mean i wrote an article about three months ago called the new neo-confederacy And when you start looking at people's skin color and adjudicating policy on that, what, how different are you from the one drop rule in the, in the old Confederacy, or when you try to nullify federal law, whether it's sanctuary cities or what have you, how different are you from the old Confederacy? Um, You're not different at all. But the other thing is the practical application. So, you're from Brooklyn, the Bronx. Brooklyn, Jack? Don't ever say that. <laughs> well, I, 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 I don't know the-, the difference in the hierarchy between Brooklyn and the Bronx, except I did once say that Trump had a Brooklyn accent, and all these people called me and said, how dare you confuse us with Queens? Right, he's got a Queens accent. What, what is the hierarchy of snobbery? Is it Brooklyn well, or Bronx? Brooklyn, well, right Bronx, now, Queens? Pe- 
nobody's saying I live in the Bronx. They live in Brooklyn's yeah. cool to live in now, yeah. but uh, we'll just say one thing. Bronx is part of the mainland of the United States of America, yes. Brooklyn, and uh, the other boroughs are all islands. Yes. Go ahead. Okay. But anyway, uh, what if you're from, I don't know, what if you're from the Bronx and you're a retired policeman on a pension and you've had some comorbidities and you got a bad case of COVID and you go to your local clinic and you say, you know, I have a lot of comorbidities and they say, well, we're going to have a point. Some of them are valuable for calculations of your allotment, but Mr. Diaz is an investment banker from, you know, he's an investment banker for Peru. He's 30 years old and he's a person of color, even though he's not a citizen. So he ranks higher than you. So step aside so Mr. Diaz, we can give him an insurance dose. That can happen. The other thing is, do you really believe, Jack, that when we put so-called white people last, that when Anderson Cooper or Nancy Pelosi's granddaughter, or when Mark Zuckerberg's wife get COVID, they're going to call up their doctor and their concierge doctor. He said, I'm sorry, Mark. I'm sorry, not Nancy. I'm sorry, Jamie Dimon. We just can't give you that shot for you or your wife or your child because Hector Hernandez uh, from Jamaica, Queens is ahead of you. Right. So you know what this is aimed at? It's aimed at the deplorables, the dregs, the clingers, the, you know, the crazies as John McCain, I think um, the scum, birds. Yeah. the toothless, the Walmart stinkies, all that's what it's aimed at. And it's always aimed at with the elite. And so and it's unconstitutional. I mean, if, if I would wor- urge all of our listeners to go read the 14th Amendment very carefully. And then when you get done with that, go read the 1964 Civil Rights Act and look at the, I think it's the fourth article. And it says there that no agency run by the state, I think states capitalize local, state, or federal, shall discriminate in the use of its services by race. We don't even have a law, apparently. You can't do that. And I don't know how they're going to get around it, but I guess they're going to say we have a, a, a scorecard and we look at age, but race is the prominent one. Everybody well, knows I, it is. This is one of your commandments, Victor, of, of the, of the piece you wrote. I'm giving them a little yeah. way here. The, yeah. the ultra pieces. And you wrote, what should a Republican agenda, conservative agenda be? One item, strict enforcement of the Civil Rights Act of 19. 19- 64, and you wrote, prohibition of the use of racial bias, advantage preferences, and the operations of public, local, state, and federal agencies. No federal funds allotted for critical race theory indoctrination also. But yeah, the, the amendment is being violated very publicly. Yeah, you know what we're getting, you know, we're getting to really quickly, Jack. What we're getting to is this, that Joe Voter, the typical American voter, is going to go to the polls. And whatever congressional district he's in, whatever Senate race he state he's in, and he's going to say this, or she's going to say this, I don't care about the personality. I don't care whether the candidate's bad or good. I mean, they never do this, but they could very well do this this one election. I just don't want to vote for any of these people. Anybody with a D, to me, is a, represents these racist policies unless they explicitly disown them. I haven't heard anybody from the Democratic Party say you can't do that. Unless somebody says, I oppose an open border. 
or I, I, I think there's going to be people that say, you guys never said a word. You're for all this insanity. This isn't even in the, within the, the sidelines of the playing field. This is crazy. And, you know, people did that to Republicans after the 2008 meltdown right. and the Iraq war when it got bad. They just generically started voting Democrats, even though it was kind of crazy. And I think a lot of people are going to do that. They're really right. angry about this stuff. And then let's not forget, we talked about it on the other podcast we recorded earlier today, but the head of that party, who happens to be the president of the United States, called more than half of Americans racist himself this week. So, yeah, he uh, did. Corn pop himself or corn pop saga himself. Yeah. Do you know, did you know, by the way, we didn't bring it up that he created another fantasy um, about the civil rights arrest. Yeah, which which kind of oh, blends in with another fantasy he brought up last year that was quickly forgotten that he even though he's Catholic Joe that he said he used to go all the time he was going to a Baptist a black Baptist church in Delaware yes. because nobody remembered him but you got to uh, remember he was also guy. wasn't he also a long haul truck driver I think <laughs> I'm serious he said he drove a semi and uh, he was arrested not just here in civil rights but he put his life on the line in South Africa for Mandela. So everything that comes out of his mouth is untrue. It's very ironic because we were told that Donald Trump as a carnival barker supposedly exaggerated. He did. But Trump never did stuff like this. I mean, this guy just completely makes it up. Yeah. That's not due to senality. This is a guy who had to leave the 2008 race because he fabricated. Remember, you? I was in the top third of my class. I got a scholarship. I, and then he just took Neil Kinnock's speech, and which is a bad speech about the first guy in my family to be out of the cold. He just, right. that's his life. He's just the worst thing. And you, I think you mentioned it, Jack, in a, in a corner piece at National Review once that he took that poor trucker and his family who yeah. was not culpable in the death, tragic death of his first wife and child. And he, kept going around the country for 10 years, 15 years, saying that he drank his lunch. Remember that? He, as right. if he was Liquid drinking lunch, alcohol. Right. And the right. guy, when you actually look at the police report, it's online, he did heroic measures not to try to avoid uh, Mrs. Biden, who may have been incautiously leaving an intersection. It was not the, and finally the family begged him to stop libeling this poor created a lifelong stress and ill health for that person. And he wouldn't stop. Yeah. And he can't stop. He's a demented Walter Mitty. Um, He uh, is. And and unfortunately he uh, he's the president of the United States. Also remember he's uh, he's also a world wrestling star. Remember he was going to take Trump, not once, but twice. He said, if he had met Trump in high school behind the what, school right. gym and beat him up. And yeah. then remember, he said that uh, he regaled us with that uh, story about the local, was it donut shop owner or someone, the baker, that he went in there and they had made fun of his sister. So he took the guy's kid and slammed his head on the, the counter. Yeah, and That was before he went down to the basement of the pool facility and got his <laughs> friend to measure him out. Was it six feet of chain? Yeah, and then he went out there and confronted Corn Pop and the inner city gang, and then they all lived happily ever after as African American kids touched his golden hairs that browned in the sun. Remember that? (laughs) What a freaking freak! Uh, Yeah, I mean, Doctor Freud would have a field day with this guy. Yeah. All right. 
Victor, I have to go to confession now. Uh, now, but let's, let's, you've got a great piece, an essay on American greatness, and it's called uh, What Makes Riots, Conspiracies, Cabals, and Insurrections Good or Bad? And I remember, Victor, when I was in school, our teachers, the nuns teaching us that there were good riots and uh, good conspiracies. <laughs> well, so, you, I, I, I went and played, I quoted Chris Cuomo, whoever said that we were good and even nonviolent, or remember that? Yeah, but my main uh, go-to source was a woman named Molly Ball who wrote for Time. And after Biden was elected, she just couldn't keep a secret, just like that Miss Farkas who just couldn't keep a secret, who gushed on CNN that everybody during the transition was frantically trying to get rid of documents that might be misinterpreted that they had been involved in the collusion hoax, but. Uh, this article used the word cabal and conspiracy, but in, in a uh, not just an optimistic, but a tone of approval that this was a great thing, that they got the sufficiently liberal woke billionaires and the CEOs. And this is what was even funnier, Jack. They turned off and on these, this, the street activists. The activists cooperated. And I, I guess the point was that Wow, Joe's in October, August, and it's neck and neck. So we've got to stop that Antifa BLM stuff because it it'll it'll wake up dopey Mister Deplorable out there in you know rural Michigan, and so they did that. And then she uses the quote flow of information, and she's very happy about all of this conspiracy. And you remember that after January sixth, they were going after people who used Parler. Maybe there were two or three supposedly the guy you know the old geriatrics and oath keepers that had to take golf carts were told yesterday the insurrectionists that think of this they were going to overthrow the government so they locked their guns in their car got in <laughs> it's a long walk to the capitol got in their golf carts and off they went and then some of them they dumped off at the capitol with no weapons and they went into the capitol and they're armed insurrectionaries, and they swerved around police. And then you juxtapose that to Antifa burning federal courthouses and churches and precincts and coordinating these rendezvous on Facebook and Twitter, and it's very stunning. So I got to the point of cynicism when you get a federal apparatchik or somebody on the left, and they start accusing somebody of a conspiracy, the chances are that they are guilty of it. So when they were saying these are conspiracies, these people who crazily just blame the Wuhan lab and gain of function, then you can say you were involved and you're trying to smear people who are trying to get to the bottom of the fact that there's never been a prior animal case, that the viral sequence and the level of infectiousness is unmatched in what we know of nature and you're somewhere somehow connected in it and you're using your position and your leverage as a huge funder of private research and your knowledge and intimacy of the cdc the nih etc to cover this up and the same thing was true of the russian hoax when hillary said he's illegitimate russian collusion and Joe Biden should never accept it. He's, he's still benefiting. You thought, well, Russian collusion, the Russians, and then the Russians, remember the CIA picked up some information that the Russians were, you know, they were like, wow, they're accusing us of collusion when to the degree that 
we're dumping false information out in the domain. It's being swept up by Dachinko at the Brookings and Dolan, her satellite subordinate out over here in Moscow. And what don't they know what's going on? And so Hillary Clinton, as I said before, through DNC and Perkins Coey and through uh, Glenn Simpson's Fusion GPS was colluding with the Russians to get dirt and like to be fed dirt. And so the same thing on January 6th, we'll find out if I'm not saying that January 6th, and I've said it in print, I'll say it again, it was a deplorable act. It was a riot. It was illegal. The people should be punished. It was terrible to be so lawbreaking and inconsiderate. But, but let's get it all out on the table, as we said. Let's get all of May 2020's assault on the White House grounds. Let's get the assaults on federal property during the Kavanaugh hearings. Let's get Chuck Schumer out in front of the Supreme Court threatening Kavanaugh and Gorsuch, where we're coming after you. Let's get the Ohio State Capitol and the teachers that were riding there. Let's get it all out. On January 6th, let's get everybody there who was arrested. Let's see if they had a gun inside there. Let's get Officer Bird or the so-called unidentified, I just identified him, I think his name was Bird, who shot the unarmed Ashley Babbitt, asked why he was not subject to the same protocols as every other police officer who shoots an unarmed suspect uh, and the suspect lethally shoots. And let's get the whole narrative as who said what about Officer Sicknick being murdered by a Trump supporter, which, avenue, uh, which media outlets, why did they do it? Let's get all the internal communications from the Capitol Police to members of Congress, to the administrations, to the Department of Homeland Security, get them all out there. Let's just do it all. And if it's a real insurrection by a bunch of oath keeping deplorables let's then you know let's not put them in solitary and put them away for life but let's get a sentence that's commiserate with people who were involved in the may 2020 rioting and burning whatever they did but i don't think we're going to see that and because there is no equality under the law for some reason these days it's vanished well victor again this piece is uh titled what makes Riots, conspiracies, cabals, and insurrections, good or bad. This is the weekly major essay you do for American Greatness, one of the two pieces you write for that site every week. Victor, we have a little time left, and we're going to talk about China and the Winter Olympics, which are coming up, (laughs) and we'll do that right after this message. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events. And you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. 
Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Well, we're back with the Victor Davis Hanson Show, The Classicist. So, Victor, yeah, I think if you polled Americans, I'm kind of surprised there hasn't been more polling that's directly about the animus that I believe is percolating and has been even before the COVID about China and what China has done to America, red China, the, the regime in red China. Yeah. And, I uh, think, I think it was just so enormous. The whole thought of it, that we didn't want to talk about it. Too big and to what, fail. Well, I mean, if way. you think about it, the red Chinese communist government, through the auspices of the People's Liberation Army, oversaw a level four security Wuhan virology lab that in the past had had a spotty record and a SARS coronavirus had escaped. And they were engaged in tinkering with a product, what was originally maybe a natural virus that they had stored and were examining. And they were trying to find ways to make it more infectious, the spike protein, et cetera. And this got out. And some of, not, not a lot, but some of their research funds for particular bat specialists, bat virus specialists had been circumvented through Echo Health, Peter Dasek, who himself denied that this was gain of function to the extent that he created an international team of investigating physicians and researchers. And of course, they had to stop there because I think it was for Lancet said it was a conflict of interest and the Chinese didn't even cooperate. And then China let people fly out of Wuhan at the genesis of this epidemic, but would not let anybody go in and out of Wuhan within China. And think of that. Right, I do. How how do you comprehend it? Was it a war against the United States? Was it deliberate? Was it an accident that, or was it something like this, Jack? Call up from the Wuhan lab. Guess what? You know, that virology lab we have that was trying to fortify coronaviruses for certain reasons that you people in the military were interested in, or at least in your oversight capacity. I think it leaked. Some guys got really ill. And now there's a bunch of guys in Wuhan that are getting ill. And and I don't know if we can stop it. And there's a gunship. What do we do with the airport? It's over with. Just let it go. If we're going to go down, they're going to go down too. Is that the attitude? Because what else would explain why they would allow their citizens to fly the states? And some people have estimated in that period before the travel ban, more than a million people flew into Europe, the United States from Wuhan. Well, giving them the benefit of the doubt for concocting this stew intentionally for military purposes, but not forgiving, allowing this madness to spread around the world. And on top of it, suppress uh, torturing and tormenting the Uyghurs. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they deliberately made a bioweapon to be used. I don't think they wanted this because I think they they feel not that they're not capable of it. They feel they're winning right now peacefully without the sturm and drang of a war. So I don't think it was a bioweapon, but I do think that 
they had a history of coronaviruses there and they did not want another outbreak and they were either trying to find out how they work or try to create a vaccine and once it got out and they could not contain it then they just shrugged their shoulders and said let the world not china deal with it well never let a virus uh, go to waste but Victor, yeah. in, in one or two minutes because that's we have business to to close up the program but do you believe America should be participating in the uh, Winter Olympics, given uh, who's hosting it? No, for a variety of reasons. I don't like the idea that you lock Americans down and you do all this to Americans and quarantine. And, and then you go over to the Olympics in China and glorify the greater good of the Chinese Communist Party. But, you know, there's two sides to every story. We always look back at Jesse Owens and how he humiliated the Nazis in 1936. And it was a showcase. Nobody ever finishes that story, Jack. They say, well, you know, Jesse Owens put a lie to racial superiority. And he went over to Nazi Germany and he beat all of these so-called Aryan athletes. True. And he was a wonderful American. But what happened after that? I mean, did that say to Hitler... Don't go in the Sudetenland. No. Do, do not have the Anschluss. Do not invade Poland. No. So what would have happened had we boycotted? I don't know. But it might have been a little bit more, a little stronger signal that Hitler might have said, my God, if they're going to destroy the Olympics, they might want to be able to rearm. Who knows? But I don't know. I don't have the answer. But it's all predicated on. China has so much money and it's interwoven in so many governments and, and the elites, the Davos crowd, right. that they're going to do anything they want. Well, Victor, that is almost all the time we have. Uh, as we do at the end of the show, I want to read one of the comments left by f- uh, folks who go. Thank you. For those who do and leave reviews uh, on iTunes and some people leave the actual comments and we we read them. And here's one simply titled, Thanks. It's from Champ Bullock, B-U-L-L-A-C-H. Hope I pronounced the, the name right, dear Dr. Hansen. I just want to thank, want to take this opportunity to let you know how much I enjoy and appreciate your writings and podcasts. Your analysis and common sense approach to all things is refreshing. Particularly, I enjoy how you apply the classics and the lessons of history to our current situation. As a physician, I am further impressed regarding your outlook on the COVID pandemic as your outlook is in line with my own. I am currently reading your book concerning the Peloponnesian War. Unfortunately, as I read before bed, you seem to keep me up much too late. Hopefully, when you return to Hillsdale next fall, I may be able to catch one of your your lectures. God bless and Godspeed to you and your family. That's champ. Thanks, Doc. Yeah, very nice. So, uh, Victor, we've uh, we've run out of time. Thanks again for sharing your great thoughts on so many important issues. This is the classicist we're doing. Folks, hang in there. And because despite this voice, you're going to hear a couple of episodes coming up soon from the great Sammy Wink. So we thank you for listening. Thank you, Victor. And we'll be back again soon with another episode of the Victor Davis Hanson Show. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I really appreciate it. Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you have moderate to high stress, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wrecks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. 
and you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings. Now, the good news. The studied ingredients in lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control if your life is a bit stressful and you want to lose weight, add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com and enter VICTOR15. That's promo code VICTOR15 at takelean.com, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease and is not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider.